Let's go, baby. Let's go. Andrew Cooper here, Fantasy Alarm, a.k.a. Coupe Fiasco on Twitter. And this is Coop's Fantasy Football Fiasco on Better Sports Network, brought to you by FFPC. And today, big day. So far with the series, I've got a schedule here. I've got a schedule to get you ready for your leagues. The first four shows, we just did an overview of the positions. We talked some QB with Scott Fish. We talked some running back with Bob Harris, Mike Fiella, wide receivers, tight ends, of course, Howard Bender, our own tight end whisperer. Then the next set, we looked at individual draft strategies. We looked at zero RB, robust RB. We looked at yin and yang tight end, my very favorite. And then we looked at waiting on quarterbacks with the Konami code man himself, Rich Rebar. Now, what I'm doing is I'm breaking down my rankings, and I'm telling you exactly what I am doing in drafts. I've been doing drafts all offseason, best ball, real drafts. I've gotten to a bunch of uh, you know real leagues right now that we're doing. Uh, so I've actually used these. I've adjusted my rankings this weekend, spent hours doing it, getting everything set up, and I color-coded everything so that you can not only see who I like, how I rank them, but you can see whether or not I like them at ADP. And I'm going to pull those up on the show, and they're available in the cheat sheet on FancyAlarm.com. So if you get an all-pro membership, you get everything. You get the draft guide. You get all that stuff. You can just buy the draft guide if you want. That includes the cheat sheet and all those items, and also includes all the articles on the strategies behind the scenes. Tons of great information there. Or if you just want the basic info, something you can print out on draft day, you can just get the cheat sheet itself. That's you know about $18. Get that. It's got all my color-coded stuff in there. Now. The reason I call these dynamic tier rankings is they're not like your regular standard, boring, linear rankings. I truly, I do linear rankings because I know people want them. They're on the website. They're part of the draft guide. You know, go to our our page and look at Coop's rankings. But these rankings are different. They're better. The linear rankings at times are making you worse at fantasy football. Truly, if you just draft off a big list, how the hell are you going to know how to balance upside and safety and, and make sure you have guys to start and how how do you rank on a linear basis guys like Jamison Williams who you know have explosive upside and they're high a dot players but he's going to miss six weeks minimum maybe more with the injury versus somebody like Tyler Boyd who is fairly quote-unquote safe plays every game you know but he just plays the slot he's a low a dot guy it's like we're supposed to rank these guys back to back when they're completely different players no that's not how I do it with my dynamic tier rankings I started doing this with yin and yang tight end where I said, okay, if you're going to take an elite guy, great. Just take an elite guy. If you are going to wait on the position, maybe take two guys, maybe balance upside and safety, give yourself somebody to start early on and then use a bench spot to try and hit on upside. And you know what people said? They said, this is great. What about other positions? To which I said, that's a great question. What about other positions? Why are we doing this for other positions? Quarterback was the first one I did because it's incredibly easy. It's, it's the same concept as tight end with, Wide receiver and running back, there's a little more nuance to it. So today what we're going to do is just four segments, no guest, forget the guest, maybe one break, but possibly no breaks. Just going to hit on all the rankings. Just going to go straight through and tell you exactly what I'm doing in drafts. And if you want to do that, great. We'll go to Looney Bin together. So let's get to it right now. I'm going to start off with quarterback, right? And here's the first group. So just like tight end, I do, if I take one of these guys, it's my quote-unquote standalone tier. I'm not taking another one. And to be honest, in most one QB leagues, there's only one situation where I'm drafting two quarterbacks for the most part, but we'll get to that. 
So here's how I'm honestly handling it. This year, quarterback has been pushed up the board a bit, potentially by best ball, but also by the fact that quarterbacks 10, I, I mentioned this on the last show, over the last, if you take the 20 best all-time points per game quarterback seasons, 10 have come in the last three years. So quarterbacks are scoring more points. Uh, all the talk about mobile quarterbacks not working in this league over the years, Michael Vick and Cam Newton, all that, that's done. Now we all, we love that. We're fully on board. Jalen Hurts took the team to the Super Bowl, could have won, didn't against another Patrick Mahomes, maybe not a rushing QB, but certainly a mobile QB. So uh, the way I'm treating these guys in the top tier, Patrick, I'm essentially uh, taking most of these guys if they fall one round below their ADP. It's as simple as that. Quarterback, I treat differently than other positions. I treat it kind of like uh, I'm a little more, not, not to say lazy about it, but I don't have as much urgency. Like I, I don't feel the need to reach to get my player. If you do, then great. Go ahead and do that. And it's easy at quarterback because most people kind of sit back. So if you want to reach for your guy, go ahead and get him. But here's what I'm doing. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes if he falls uh, to the end of the second round. Uh, honestly, though, usually somebody else takes him. But if he makes it to the third round, I'll definitely take him. With Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, I will take them at the 3-4 swing. So if I pick at the end of the first round and it goes down all the way to the end and all the way back to me, I'll consider Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen there. The guys that I am taking at ADP or close to ADP, Lamar Jackson in the fourth or fifth round, I'll also take Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a guy where, I mean, through doing so many of these drafts, you find yourself having certain quote-unquote triggers or certain uh, things that you see within the draft that that triggers you to do your own move. For me, if somebody takes Joe Burrow, I immediately start thinking, all right, I'm going to take Justin Herbert here. That that's one of the clearest ones for me as far as uh, as far as working out this elite tier. Joe Burrow, right now, I'm staying away. I'm a little bit worried about the calf situation, and per- personally, I have Justin Herbert pegged as a guy that I think can lead the league in y- in passing yards this year. In fact, I have money on it already. I think that it's a pretty good bet for you to make as well if you want to do that. Because uh, when you look at last year, he had the second most passing yards and his dot was uh, 34th in the league with Joe Lombardi. Now he gets an upgrade to Kellen Moore. Trevor Lawrence isn't a guy that I don't like, but it's just a matter of there are players in that range that I like better. That's why he's right here. I, if you want to take Trevor Lawrence, I'll, I'll even take him myself if he slides far enough. But there are players I like better at ADP. And I look around at guys in this next group and I say to myself, why would I take Trevor Lawrence now if I could wait and take uh, a guy from this next group? So the those are the guys. If I draft one, I'm taking him. That's it. This next group is where we kind of sort it, where if you wanted to do a yin and yang type approach, this is how you would handle it. For me personally, I do have Dak Prescott ranked there as a very safe player, but I'm not taking him at ADP because I'm worried that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and all these guys, Schottenheimer, they're going to get their wishes. Right, they come out and they say we don't want to throw as much. Mike McCarthy basically fired Kellen Moore for, and he even said this to himself to us, fired him for throwing the ball too much, for getting too aggressive, for not giving the defense time to rest. He straight up said that they were scoring too fast for the defense to rest. And that's what we want for fantasy football. I love that. Who cares about the defense resting? If my quarterback's in the game, I, I don't care if he throws a pick six; he gets the ball right back. So I liked the high flying top five pass attempt Dak Prescott. This version of Dak Prescott that uh, they're talking about where they're going to throw the ball less and Dak says he's going to take care of the ball better and, you know, be more responsible. I don't want that. Why would I want that? So personally, I'm kind of holding off on Dak. Uh, I'm going for the upside guys. Justin Fields, 
I'm willing to take it ADP. The problem is somebody always takes him ahead of ADP. I never see him slide. I don't even I don't even know why he has an average draft position. He seems to someone always just goes for him, especially in my hometown leagues and and leagues with analysts and where you have that one guy that's willing to get crazy. He just goes. Somebody takes him. So I don't really end up with fields. The guys I do get most of are Deshaun Watson and Tua. I have no problem taking either one of these guys. Deshaun Watson is like if you take all the quarterbacks all time in the NFL and sort them by fantasy points per game, Deshaun Watson's like QB three. Like people forget that this guy is legitimately amazing at football. And I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to the chat. What's up, gang? Uh, I see you here, Albert, uh, Dustin, uh, Scamps, Skins. What's up, gang? How are we doing? Uh, everybody, if you have questions today, I'm just rolling through these rankings, but I'm doing a, an AMA on Reddit right after this. And I'll post a link to that. So if you want to go over to uh, ask any questions there, pop in, throw them in that chat because I'm going to be answering a million. That's what I'm doing today, all day. We're doing rankings and then we're doing questions because there's not, there's no time. There's, we only have an hour to get through these rankings and there's a million questions probably people have because this is the biggest uh, draft week of the year. It really is. Uh, yeah, I agree, Fatty McFats. Deshaun Watson, personally, if he comes out and he's terrible and he gets fired and he loses his job, I will have zero tears for him. The smallest violin that anyone's ever played, I would have for Deshaun Watson. But at the same time, dude's good at football. There's no question about it. I've seen it with my own two eyes on terrible teams. I watched him on a team that was four and 12 throw, you know, 30 touchdown passes uh, and only have like seven picks. I, I still to this day do not understand how he was so good on such a bad team with bad coaches and bad pass catchers, like completely crazy situation. So that's what I'm doing there. The one situation, as I alluded to earlier in a single QB league, the one situation where I will draft two quarterbacks is on F is if I take Anthony Richardson, that's the one because I'm just terrified of this type of player and the floor for him for even for guys like CJ, Stroud and Bryce Young. I think they probably have a higher floor because we know they can throw at an NFL level, at an NFL caliber passing. With Anthony Richardson, we're banking so hard on the rushing. That's the one guy that could fall straight on his face. And to give you an example of that strategy, I'll use FFPC ADP. That's what we always go to. Uh, so what I'm doing, if I take Anthony Richardson over on FFPC, uh, if you want to use this strategy over there, go to myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM, They'll uh, give you 25 bucks if you deposit 35 or more as a first time depositor. So go over there and get set up with that. What I do in these situations is pretty simple. It's if I don't get a quarterback in the beginning from the group I like, I will wait until everyone takes one and then take two, or I'll just make sure I get Anthony Richardson at QB 9, 10, 11, 12, and then I'll wait and take a second one later. Uh, So what I end up doing is Richardson goes QB 13 at pick 95. So technically I could wait for everyone to take one, but sometimes someone else takes them. Then I just look at the first couple of weeks and the safe players from my list on the left side. And I see who I can get a good value on because there's a ton of guys that I can start for one, two, three weeks if I need to. Uh, Geno Smith, for instance, goes off the board at QB 15, pick 103. First week he gets the Rams, 47 and a half point over under, one of the highest in uh, the NFL for week one. And then the next week he gets the Lions and the Lions have been a shootout machine. So Gina, if I take Anthony, if I take Anthony Richardson first at QB 12 and then wait and take Gino at QB 15, I'm starting Gino week one. Absolutely. And I, hell, worst case scenario, I start Gino for the entire season. 
that's how easy it is to navigate single QB this year. Uh, another one, Aaron Rodgers, right? This guy's been a back-to-back MVP. He looks great in the preseason. He's not mobile at all, which is why he's on the boring list. But I mean, hell, this guy is capable of throwing 40, 50 touchdowns even. I mean, it's not crazy. And he's got the Bills week one on Monday night in New York on 9-11. I mean, talk about the most incredible setup for a week one game. The schedule makers were, you know, the schedule makers were probably doing cartwheels when they found out that that was a possibility, right? Just imagine the flyover that's going to fly over New York City on that night. So uh, then he's got Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. I mean, again, loaded schedule. And one guy here that's actually in the red because I don't love him at ADP and he's probably the least mobile quarterback in the league in Jared Goff. I mean, if you need a week one starter, Chiefs, Chiefs, Lions, Jared Goff, 54 point over under. Even I'm going to be making some some DFS lineups with that. So, And then he's got you know Seahawks, Falcons. The thing is, after the Seahawks, I don't really like the matchups with the Falcons, Packers, and Panthers for fantasy football purposes. So if I'm taking Jared Goff, I'm really hoping that Anthony Richardson just proves that he's the real deal right away, and then I can just see you later, Goff. Smell you. you know? Maybe even trade him if he goes off against the Chiefs and just start Richardson. But that's my plan. And if you want to take advantage of that, again, those ADPs are all based on FFPC, you know, you like I said, Richardson QB 13, Geno 15, Rogers 16, Goff 17. So easy to get two of those guys and give yourself a floor and upside for very cheap. So if you want to take advantage of that, go to myffpc.com, use promo code alarm. They'll match 25 bucks if you deposit 35 or more first time depositors. So that's the game plan there. Uh, before I wrap this one up, I'm trying to spend 15 minutes or so on each position. So I'll give you guys this. A lot of people playing super flex, a lot of people playing two QB leagues. Uh, this is what I'm doing with, with those. I'm just waiting and I'm taking uh, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, or Brock Purdy. I, I get one quarterback. So ideally I'll get like a Justin Herbert, which would be nice. Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert. And then my second QB, it's not hard at all to get a good price on Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, or Brock Purdy. And I usually just wait for someone else to pick one of them. And then I say, oh, time for me to get my guy. And I take one of the other ones. Uh, Daniel Jones, I don't mind either with the rushing upside, but he he's, he goes pretty early in a lot of these leagues. He gets he gets a little expensive. Those guys are a lot cheaper. Uh, from the rest of the group, if I have to go there, it's Bryce Young that I like. Um, simply because I think that team, they went out of their way to get the weapons, right? They went and got – have you guys ever seen a team go out and just get entirely new weapons completely? Like at every position, at every starting uh, – every starting – position for wide receiver, running back, and tight end. Miles Sanders, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, Hayden Hurst. None of those dudes were there. They went out and got those all those guys for their first pick, Bryce Young. I love that effort at least. Whether it comes together, who knows? Could just be the island of misfit toys. But Bryce Young of that group, that's what I like best. Uh, the rest of these guys, I'm just really, really not doing much. Honestly, uh, more interesting than Cole McCoy is the idea that maybe Joshua Joshua Dobbs after this trade takes that job because he actually looked pretty good on the Titans last year, right? And it's not that he stinks that the Browns traded him. It's that Dorian uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson looked so good in preseason. They were like, hell, let's get something for Dobbs if we're, this guy's going to be our, our backup. And they have DTR for a while. So kind of worked out for both teams there. Obviously, you know, with the Trey Lance trade, Sam Darnold is now behind Brock Purdy who had, uh, you know, had the elbow issue, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, it, with Channing and the way he runs this offense, who knows when the QB is going to get hurt. I mean, every QB for this team has gotten hurt, including Jimmy G and Trey Lance and 
uh, Brock himself. So why not sit there and say, hey, you know what? I don't care who the quarterback is for this team. They're going to be solid because this team has, you know, the best left tackle in the league, best running back in the league, best fullback in the league, best two-way tight end in the league. So like whoever the quarterback is, I don't care. So the rest of these guys don't really care much about him. Let's move on to another position. Uh, I'm not going to do a break here. I just, just not enough time, honestly. Nobody nobody wants a break anyway. We'll do we'll do a break at the 30 minute mark. Uh, so here we go. This is the next group, and so this is where it starts mattering more. The dynamic tier rankings. The first group doesn't really matter. It's like with quarterbacks, take one. Honestly, if you can take one, if you're going to do two, like I said, Anthony Richardson, go crazy. Uh, with running back. Uh, what I do is I take the top 24, the bell cows. These are the guys that I think have three down potential. That doesn't necessarily mean they all should be ranked above the group after. I'll give you one example. If you look at this list, Jameer Gibbs isn't on here because I think he's going to split the work with David Montgomery, but I would you know, potentially consider Jameer Gibbs over guys you know, towards the bottom of this. But here's how I'm handling the position. It, it doesn't have to be that hard, right? People always want to be so cute and say, oh, I'm putting Tony Pollard RB2. Why? You don't need to. You really, you truly don't. All you're doing if you move Tony Pollard up to RB2 is guaranteeing that you have Tony Pollard in every single league that you've reached too far for him and you have him in every single league. And now if he sucks, then you lose every league because you reached for a player that you didn't necessarily have to. I mean, the one argument I guess you make is if you truly, truly believe in him and you don't think he'll come back to you at the end of the next round, then you have to take him at like three overall. Otherwise, if you're drafting in the middle or towards the end, just wait and see if you get him next round. Like I have no problem at all taking Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb at ADP. Don't I don't care which one I get. I literally do not care which one it is, to be honest. Austin Eckler, uh, he's even though he worries me a little bit with the QB change, he's awesome, man. He's going to be awesome. They're going to throw him the ball. They're not going to stop throwing him the ball because Joe Lombardi's gone because Austin Eckler is awesome. That's why he got as many targets as he did. So he's going to be fine. I think Bijan's going to be great. Saquon and Nick Chubb are awesome. Jonathan Taylor is in the red right now because I don't know if he's going to play. I drafted Le'Veon Bell in the past and he didn't play. And that brought me great pain. So for, and I know that he, you know, Le'Veon's telling everybody to play and, and telling us not to worry about it. I'm worried about it. So the moment he says I'm going to play or gets traded and then plays, then he goes to yellow and maybe even, to green. Josh Jacobs was red on this exact sheet a week ago. And then they just gave him a new deal. Like sidebar real quick. Are they serious with that? His contract was $10.9 million. And all they had to do is give him an extra million to get to 12 million. And everyone's happy. What the hell took so long? Why did that take? Why did they do that immediately? Yeah. What do you want? 12 million? One more million? Who cares? Like, my goodness, dude, these teams, it's ridiculous sometimes, man. And Jim Irsay is going to mess this up with Jonathan Taylor too. Imagine it. So yeah, no problem taking any of the first group. Taylor, I've got the yellow tape around him right now, but I'll tell you right now, I'm not moving him from that spot. That's where I believe he should be in, in the rankings if he were to play. So I'm not moving him down. I'm just saying, hey, I'm not drafting him in ADP. And then the moment we get a guarantee he's going to play, then I'm going to leave him right where he is. And then we're going to change that color to either taking him at ADP or taking him ahead of ADP, depending on where it is at the time. So just keep an eye out for that. Tony Pollard, obviously, we've always liked him. We didn't like that Zeke was there. Zeke is gone. Math, right? That's an easy one. Derrick Henry, always awesome. I I just, most of the leagues I play are either full or half PPR, and Henry is a, look, if this was, if I was going to rank for standard leagues, which I play in zero standard leagues, I, I do have rankings for standard leagues. Actually, on 
uh, fantasy alarm. If you get the draft guide or you're all pro member, my rankings are standard PPR and half PPR up there. Derrick Henry on the standard rankings is like four, right? And he's never finished below top five. And in a lot of these formats, he's just getting old, you know, and I'm not sure if that team's going to be that good. And the line kind of stinks. So that's why he's where he is. Josh Jacobs is obviously awesome. We're going to reach for him now. If he's ADP is anywhere near where it is. Najee Harris is fine. Um, you know, you're going to make a decision for yourself. Whether you think Jalen Warren is a problem or not. I'll tell you this right now. Matt Canada came out and said, Najee Harris is the starting running back for this team. And that's not changing. And he's the RB one. And I looked up the high leverage situations last year. Najee Harris got all the goal line carries, virtually all of them. And, you know, one of the highest percentage of carries inside the five and the 10 of any player. And I pulled up the two minute drill. I pulled up uh, situations where you've got, uh, uh, you know, three minutes left in the second quarter, fourth quarter or overtime. And the team is losing by, uh, by two scores or less, or it's tied. Najee Harris got every single target and every single carry in those situations for this team. Jalen Warren, zero. Anthony McFarlane, zero, zero. Benny Snell, 0.0. He got all of the touches in those situations. And I don't think that's going to change. I think he's going to get all the high leverage stuff. So, uh, you know, Jalen Warren, very cool. He's probably the new Tony Pollard, where in theory, he's going to be good. And the metrics will say he's good. And he just simply will not play enough early on, in my opinion, to be startable. So that's where that goes. Aaron Jones, awesome. Ramondre Stevenson, little worried about Zeke. And I need the ADP to adjust down. It, it, it hasn't fully, from, from my taste, it has not fully adjusted far enough down to where, uh, to where I'm willing to take it. I think the, the Zeke impact, it should have adjusted more, and it's slowly getting there. And if he slides, definitely take him. But, you know, it, it brings me great pain to rank him there and, and put the red on him because I'm a Patriots fan, and I think he's a great football player. But – uh, we need that to adjust down a little bit. Like Aaron Jones versus Ramondre now is so it's so close, and Ramondre goes ahead of Jones that I would just rather have Aaron Jones right now. Uh, next three guys are guys I love taking. I love taking them as my RB three if possible. James Cook, man, he's looking like he's going to have the full job. They keep saying that he has a full job, and he's explosive. He's fun. He catches passes. He go back and watch the game versus Patriots last year, man. He was unstoppable over the middle of the field catching balls. Rashad White, I like a lot just because he seemingly has that job, uh, at least a starting job to himself. We'll talk about that backfield shortly. And, you know, you're going to have to, again, I can't draft your team for you. You're going to have to make decisions, right? If you love Jalen Warren, don't draft Najee Harris, right? If you love Najee Harris and don't worry about Jalen Warren, then draft Najee. That, at the end of the day, is your call. I can't make the calls for everybody. I can just tell you what I'm doing. Uh, with Rashad White, we're going to talk about it a little bit, and you got to. Look at it, see what your thoughts are, but it could be a little split in that backfield. So just just know it might not be full bell cow town. Uh, Cam Akers last year finished the season with back-to-back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. Kyron Williams does not worry me. He didn't worry. Kyron Williams we liked until he went to the combine, and he turned out to be not only slower than everyone thought, but also smaller than everyone thought. Like you can be small or you can be slow, but you can't be both. So Kyron Williams does not worry me in the least bit. Alexander Madison is just, I don't know, man. I cannot get on board. I loved him when he was a handcuff and and you could start him for that one week, but he just doesn't impress me. And I, you know, they have Ty Ty Chandler, who I like. They have Dwayne McBride, who, you know, has absolute stone hands, like complete and utter stone hands. He caught, he had 1700 rushing yards last year in college and he caught two passes. So this guy is, you know, Alfred Morse, Jeremy Hill, 
Jordan Howard, but those guys, I mean, they, they couldn't catch, but they could run, man. And look at LeGarrette Blount. He had 18 rushing touchdowns in a year. He had seven catches. So it, it's possible. And I even like Keenan Wangu, the guy that run, returns the kicks over there, man. That, if that dude keeps returning kicks for touchdowns, which he has three in his first two years, all pro kick returner, if he keeps doing that, at a certain point, you have to say, okay, maybe we should just give this guy the ball more because every time he gets it, he runs it back. He runs it 70 yards to the end zone. Maybe maybe eventually that happens with that guy. Uh, the last one on the list is James Conner. And just everyone, you know what you're getting with James Conner, right? Like, you know exactly what you're getting. He, he's going to play every down. The team is terrible. And he's been hurt every single year he's been in the league. Every single year in the league. Uh, and, yeah, the Frank man, I see you in the chat. That's what we're talking about with Rashad White. And we'll talk we'll talk about that, the Sean Tucker bit, uh, very shortly. But this is what I'm doing. And, Skinny, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, with Cam Akers. That's why he's in green. He wasn't in green. These So these guys, the color code on them, a lot of times is I change it based on what I'm doing. And I just find, my, I find myself taking James Cook and Rashad White and Cam Akers. So Cam Akers for me was yellow where I said, I don't really care at ADP. I'm taking him enough that I'm like, you know what? He's green. I like him. He feels good at ADP. So uh, we're doing good there. With James Conner though, that team's supposed to win four and a half games. They're saying Kyler Murray might not even play. We know that Colt McCoy has the best name in football, but he's hasn't really lived up to that name, right? So, you know, and I don't think Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon, like maybe in crazy super flex, they matter, but I don't think they're going to change too much, man. All right, so here's the next group. Uh, people might not like some of this, and that's where you got to make calls on your own once again. So with this next group, we break it down into specific roles, right? Where I think these guys, to some degree, are going to be pigeonholed into one role. The obvious one right there, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, Great pass catcher. We can argue day and night that he's going to play the slot, but that never happens. Dude. We always say it's going to happen. And if it does actually happen, this guy plays like 200, 300 snaps in the slot. That was going to be the first time ever. Last year, if you look at the the one guy that played, no one played 100 snaps in the slot. No running back ran 100 routes from the slot. Christian McCaffrey played the most because Christian McCaffrey is maybe the one running back in the league that is a better slot wide receiver than slot wide receivers. The number two back in the league in slot snaps. Do you guys know who it was last year? Do you know? It was Kyle Juszczyk. I'm not kidding you, dude. Kyle Juszczyk. And he was top two, two years in a row. Running backs do not play the slot. Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, we keep saying that's going to happen. It doesn't happen. So maybe Jameer Gibbs will be the one guy that does it for the first time ever. But I wouldn't bank on it, man. I would bank on Jameer Gibbs to be Jameer Gibbs which there is a world where Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are 2017 Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, where Mark Ingram was RB seven and Alvin Kamara was so damn good. And he caught, you know, got a hundred targets as a rookie that he finished RB three. There's a possibility that happens and I'm willing to let somebody else take that chance. So I'm not really doing that. I'll let's look at the two down backs first. Dalvin cook is the closest one to that top category. But when Brees Hall comes back, they're going to mix and match what the situation there is. And Dalvin Cook, man, he worries me. Not just the fact that, you know, there's Brees Hall there, but also this guy, he has gotten banged up a a million times and he has the recurring shoulder injury. He's had surgery on it 2014, 2016, 2019, 2021, and 2022. He's coming off shoulder surgery as we speak, and he hasn't really played yet. So, I mean, like the upside, of course, is there, but it's scary. Kenneth Walker, I think, splits with Zach Charbonnet. J.K. Dobbins. The problem with J.K. Dobbins is that I think he's a good player. Man. And I think he could run for like eight yards of carry. 
but it's empty efficiency. Like we saw with Miles Sanders, when the quarterback is taking the goal line carries and the team doesn't dump down to the running back, Andrew Erickson did a study on this. Check that out, but he kind of, oh, sorry, uh, Andrew Erickson. Yeah, Andrew Erickson did the study on the mobile QBs and how they don't target the running back as much, and it's scary. And if you look at the three bottom teams in terms of targeting the running back last year, it was the Baltimore Ravens, it was the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and it was the Chicago Bears. Uh, Those keeping track at home, what do those teams have in common? Those three teams, mobile QB. So I just worry that this guy is going to, you know, run for 6.7 yards of carry and Lamar Jackson is going to be slam dunking the touchdowns and Gus Edwards, and they're not going to really be throwing a ton of passes to these guys out of the backfield. So that's what I worry about there. And I have similar concerns for, uh, you know, guys like pretty much all the Bears running backs, all those guys, you know, all the Eagles running backs. And I'll tell you what, the other one on here, Damian Pierce, people don't like that I that I don't like Damian Pierce. And it's not that I don't like Damian Pierce, the player. I think he deserves every angry run award or Pepsi angry run, mean running back guy, stiff arm guy award that they want to give him. Uh, he deserves all of those, but you don't get fantasy points for one really good angry run. You get fantasy points for targets. You get fantasy points for touchdowns, right? So Damian Pierce is on a team that's supposed to be terrible. And running is often the luxury of the winning team. If Devin Singletary even remotely carves into the pass down role where Damian Pierce graded outside the top 120 backs in pro football focus last year. And Bobby Slowick, the gen- the, the new offensive coordinator, he worked for pro-, pro football focus for three years. So don't tell me metrics like that don't matter because they matter enough that this team and the 49ers hired this guy from that company to, to be their guy. So again, take Damian Pierce if you want. I'm not really taking an ADP. If I'm going to take a guy that I think is going to be the early down back for a team, I'm going to take guys from good teams, from good offenses. So I'm going to take Isaiah Pacheco, right? The angry running back for the Chiefs. Or I'm going to take David Montgomery in the Jamal Williams role that just saw 18 touchdowns. And no, I'm not predicting 18 touchdowns, but I get some double-digit touchdowns. If there's a pass interference in the end zone for that team, do they send down Jameer Gibbs to punch it in? I know Jared Goff has no interest in punching him himself. Or do they send down Dave Montgomery, who has 25 pounds on every other back on that team? Of course they send down Dave Montgomery. And I've had people come to me and they say, but Coop, uh, they got to use Jameer Gibbs because they otherwise they're wasting that first round pick. And you know the GM doesn't want to waste a first round pick. It's like, dude, do you think the GM wants to waste? Of course you don't want to waste picks, but do you think the GM wants to waste money? Because they made Dave Montgomery essentially the the highest paid back in the league. You know, Miles Sanders got, you know, $250,000 more per year than David Montgomery. They got the same contract, essentially. Like, they don't want to waste money. They don't want to waste draft picks. That's why both guys are going to play. Sometimes it it doesn't need to be as hard as we make it on ourselves. So that's where I'm at with those guys. Jeff Wilson, interesting for sure. Zeke Elliott, man, I'm going to take him. Why not? Bill Belichick loves to split the backfield. They got two good backs now, and he can score some touchdowns, especially in best ball. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what the pass work is like, but he might split that job right down the middle. You know, you don't really ever know. Jameer Gibbs, I explained why I'm out on him at ADP. Samaj P. Ryan, nah, kind of lukewarm on him now. The guys I like uh, at ADP, Antonio Gibson, absolutely why not, right? They've committed to uh, 
to that situation now that J.D. McKissick is gone. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, who's coming in to call plays, how many targets did Jarek McKinnon have last year? He had like 71. You know what I mean? Like it would have been top – you think it was like top six, seven back in the league. If Antonio Gibson is going to be in that role, yeah, absolutely. Brian Robinson didn't really do anything catching the football last year. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, another one. He might be the outright starter for that team. Guys like Gainwell and now also Raheem Mostert, they're looking like the starters for those teams, and Raheem Mostert is a good player, right? There's a world where they drafted Devon A-Chain because they like Raheem Mostert, and they said, okay, let's get another Raheem Mostert in case our guy gets hurt. So, you know, that could be the world we're living in. I've I've come off Devin Singletary a little bit. I'm not drafting any DeAndre Swift or Jalen Warren. And Jerome Ford, I, I wasn't really fully crazy on board with him. And then they traded for Pierre Strong. I, I think Jerome Ford still holds that job down. He's still the RB2 on that depth chart, and he will play plenty. He'll be fine, but eh, I don't know. I'll consider it. Uh, the guy I'm taking instead, now I'm moving uh, Sean Tucker up. The fact that he was getting carries with the the team one there, and we can throw that comment back up from uh, from the Frank man because he was in the chat first with this comment. Uh, Frank man, very much plugged in, knows what I'm talking about here is, uh, getting a little worried about Rashad White. There's a chance Sean Tucker eats into his workload. That does scare me. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's that's a concern. And this is how we're breaking it down so far. For those that are just listening, go over to fancyalarm.com. Get the cheat sheet at least. If you get the cheat sheet, that'll at least have this printout with all my dynamic tier rankings for every position, color-coded, grouped, all beautiful, printed out, win your league. Uh, and then it'll make more sense what we're talking about here. Otherwise, if you really need the visualization, I'm pulling these all up on YouTube as I go through. So pop over to the Fantasy Alarm YouTube and you know pause this on Apple, Spotify, like it, review it, give it five stars, and then go over to YouTube and just skip to 34 minutes in, which is where we are right now. And then you can see it with all the pictures and stuff. I should have mentioned that earlier. So I apologize to the listeners out there if you're confused as to what we're talking about and what the order is, but it's all, all the visualizations are there. So just get that, pull up that cheat sheet while you're listening, or, uh, you know, I'll do my best to run through what we got going over here. So that first, the first section is the bell cows. Then we just broke guys down into, uh, two down backs and pass catching backs that I think have standalone value. This tier we're in now is handcuffed plus tier. So you got Khalil Herbert, Sean Tucker, Kendry Miller, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Tyler Algier, uh, you know, uh, Zamir White, Gus Edwards, Tank Bigsby, Dr. Form, guys I think can have some standalone value where you could start them for like a bye week or something, but they have immense value if somebody gets hurt. All the Bears running backs are in this group for me because the quarterback is also a running back. That's so I was looking at it. I'm like, I don't think because the quarterback runs so much on that team, all the running backs are handcuffed pluses in reality. Khalil Herbert is the starter and your best bet, but man, I'm just worried they're not going to dump passes down. I mean, Dante Foreman is never going to catch passes anyway, but I'm worried they're not going to dump passes down. I'm worried that they're um, that the QB is going to take it himself. From this group, I like Sean, Sean Tucker is interesting to me now because he's actually getting snaps with the ones, and Gus Edwards has always been interesting to me because he has a career five yards, career five yards per carry. Like, what the hell? There's only like eight guys in the league that have 400 carries and have five yards per carry. And one of them is Gus Edwards. So he's just a good player, man. That's why they paid him money. So I think if you're going to take anyone, forget taking JK Dobbins at his ADP, give me Gus Edwards at his. Uh, and then yeah, after that, there's another tier, uh, pure handcuffs, Deion Jackson looking interesting. If, you know, if Jonathan Taylor does get traded or he's gone, it's going to be Kareem Hunt and Deion Jackson and Deion Jackson might just be better than Kareem Hunt. 
who knows at this point cream hunt is cream hunt is slowly becoming duke johnson where it's like is this guy actually good or were the chiefs just really good when he was the running back for the chiefs so i'm not i'm not loving it tajay spears obviously derrick henry goes down i like this guy they like this guy he looked good in preseason he runs hard so yeah give me that chuba hubbard i've seen chuba hubbard uh get get to play a bunch of times donta foreman walked in off the street and took his job not super interesting but you got to put him there because uh miles sanders might have a growing issue uh rico dowdle hell yeah i mean he's ahead of malik davis whether you were rooting for malik davis or deuce vaughn or not rico dowdle is pretty clearly at this point the guy so give me rico dowdle uh rest of these guys don't really care and then there's one more tier that i do for some of these positions which is guys that you can't start week one they're just stashes alvin kamara adp i'm taking him i don't really care he's awesome he's gonna miss three games big deal i mean <laughs> there's a world where some of my teams with christian mccaffrey jonathan taylor and alvin kamara just absolutely steamroll everybody and there's nothing anyone can do about it because i've been drafting a few of those and uh at the end of the day sometimes good players are just good so gotta draft alvin kamara javante williams i'm worried about Brees hall i'm worried about Leonard Fournette doesn't have a team cream hunt i don't even think he's any good so that's that group uh let's uh, let's hear from our friends over at FFPC real quick, and then we'll get real right back into this. So uh, stay tuned. Let's hear from the guys, and we'll be right back. So let's get into some best ball philosophy here. Yeah. In your experience, going back many, many, many years, drafting in national tournaments, Bradley, have you historically been shying away from the running back position in favor of wide receivers in favor of if you're drafting in the ffpc tight end premium format in favor of tight ends as well is that the smart play when you're drafting this early in the drafting season yeah so taking value is going to be huge and looking at like running backs and and wide receivers like you're you want to take a look at how the structure is so you mentioned earlier the ffpc has a couple different types like they've got super flex and one quarterback so that's going to change your strategy a little bit uh if you have only two wide receivers or if you're drafting three wide receivers um and of course the ppr is a different aspect compared to other formats or other tournaments and so keeping in mind the pass catching uh upside of some of the running backs may be more valuable in those formats so the austin ecklers the christian mccaffrey's um may be more value because they get more receptions you know, and so, like, I loved taking late shots a couple of years ago on, like, the J.D. McKissicks of the world, who would get right. 50 receptions really cheaply. Uh, so that's something to, to consider. But when it comes to, like, overall value, like, you're drafting, you're in the middle of a draft, and you, know, you just notice that, I don't know, maybe it's Chris Godwin has fallen 14 spots, but Chris Godwin was not in your plans to be drafting. Like, maybe you don't have a strong player take, on Chris Godwin, or he's not a, we're not like my take is that I don't think the bucks are going to be particularly good this year, but for him to be dropping, let's say 14 spots is a more than a full round. And based on the data that we've seen your, if you get to draft a player more than 12 spots ahead or behind ADP. So they drop 12 or more spots. It's you have an 84% edge over the rest of the tournament players who are drafting this player because typically this player isn't going to drop you know the average draft position is a really strong indicator of where a player is going to go and i think that is also on the flip side if you are reaching too much you're giving up 
value in your drafts. And so when it comes to value-based drafting, you need to consider, you know, just because this guy is in my plans or I don't have a strong player take on him, maybe that's your opportunity to sprinkle in some shares of this player at a good price. What's up, guys? We are back. No more breaks uh, and questions. Everyone, I'm doing AMA on Reddit right after this. Already got people trinkling in. The link is up over there, so go check that out. But not enough time on these shows, so let's get to wide receiver right now. Uh, same thing, top 24 guys. These are guys where every league I play has at least two wide receiver spots. Almost all of them have three, so just get as many of these guys as possible. If you can get them at the right price, Terry Kill, I love. Cooper Cup, the only reason he's in red there is not that I don't like him that much. It's that I just... I find myself taking a running back there. Uh, I have Chase Jefferson and Hill in my like top group, and then I just find myself taking a running back when someone else takes Cooper Cup. Simple as that. He could be amazing. I just worry a little bit about his health. I worry about Matthew Stafford. I worry about the team as a whole. So worried there a little bit. Diggs as well. Uh, you know he's fine, and it's just someone else usually takes him. Devontae Adams for me is the one I do rank higher than most people. Uh, except for there's a group of people that also rank it very highly and that the, those people are called Las Vegas. So uh, you go and look at the odds for these guys in terms of, uh, you know, the lines that are set and pretty much every book is, has Devonte Adams set at like 99 receptions, 1300 yards, eight and a half touchdowns. I got like AJ Brown. You look at like DraftKings, whatever they have them set at, uh, you know, 75 receptions, 10,050 yards and seven and a half touchdowns. Like literally in every way they have Devonte Adams projected higher. I just, for me personally, I know AJ Brown's awesome. Last year he was awesome. I just I I don't like taking AJ Brown where he goes. I like taking Devontae Adams where he goes. CeeDee Lamb is another one where I love the player. I just wish it was still last year. Kellen Moore, you know, huck it, chuck it football. If they're gonna slow things down, that means less passing, you know. So don't really love that. Uh obviously we've talked about that a million times, so I'm not gonna go too crazy into it. The biggest discount that you can get in fantasy football at wide receiver is the quote-unquote wide receiver two discount. It's the most ridiculous thing where they say, oh, this guy's a wide receiver two on his own team. So, you know, we're not going to he, – he can't possibly be wide receiver one in fantasy, even though when you look at the top 20 wide receivers last year, 10 of them came from only five teams. There were five pairings in that top group, half the guys from the top 20. So we're talking like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I would much rather have either one of those guys than the best wide receiver on, you know, the Texans, right? Like that's how it works. If you take the top two wide receivers from every team, that's 64 guys. And we know there's not 64 relevant guys. There's, there's more teams that have zero fancy relevant wide receivers than have three, but there's, you know, there's just as many that have two as there are that have zero or one. So give me those guys all day long. Uh, you know, again, Waddle, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, absolutely fine. Uh, I'm going to say Brown for me. In full PPR, he, you know, he's probably more yellow, but he's just a boring player. If he had to get 150 targets and doesn't even crack 1,200 yards, his A dot, his seven yard A dot, two years in a row now. I just, I worry that you're you're spending up on a player that doesn't have the ceiling of of these other guys. You know, and like again, sportsbook haven't set at like a thousand yards receiving. I'd rather just bet on him to have 1,100 yards then like the odds of him just coming out and having 1500, 1600 yards. I'm just not sure he's going to do it. And I'm willing to be wrong on that. Uh, DK Metcalf is awesome. I wrote a full article on him. Go 
take Andrew Cooper, DK Metcalf, you get that one. Uh, Amari Cooper, I, if I'm betting on Deshaun Watson bounce back, like I said in segment one, then Amari Cooper is going to be good. Last year, even with Jacoby Brissett had almost, uh, you know, pretty much set his career numbers in virtually every category. He was off yards by maybe like 20 or 30, but like in most categories, targets, receptions, even touchdowns, he looked great. Uh, Keenan Allen, when he was healthy last year, over the last eight games, was the wide receiver two in PPR behind only Justin Jefferson. Give me that for sure. Calvin Ridley, I like. DeAndre Hopkins, I he's pretty close to red, honestly. But I, I can't move him to red because I do find myself taking him. Debo Samuel, I do not take. He's, the Vegas over-under for him for receiving yards is like 725. 725. Crazy. And like we don't expect him to get the carries that we did in the past. And the other thing about carries is that it boosts your end of season numbers, but trying to guess where and when a guy's going to take an end around to a touchdown and, and set your lineup based on that is impossible. He's a best ball player. That's great for sure. Cause if he catches a touchdown pass and runs a 30 yard touchdown pass, that's amazing. But just trying to guess where and when he's going to do that is super annoying. Christian Watson and Mike Williams and George Pickens. These guys are to me, again, guys that can make big plays can take big chunk plays, but, it's it can be painful when they don't do it. The high A dot, uh, low Christian Watson. We don't know for sure what kind of guy he is, but like guys like Mike Williams and George Pickens are like high A dot, low separation contested catch players. And I would just rather have Keenan Allen, and I'd rather have Deontay Johnson. Deontay, uh, real quick before I get to Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin's in the red because he's got turfed up, and I just want no part of that right now. Uh, Deontay Johnson, this guy's had 140 targets three years in a row. We do all this deep diving into underlying stats and underlying metrics and yards per route run and all these things to figure out who's going to get the targets when sitting right there is a guy that already does get the targets. He does every single year, right? Like what more in this world do we want? Can we ask for than a guy who's going to get peppered with targets like that? And I don't think George Pickens or Pat Frymuth are guys that are all of a sudden going to get 140 or 130 targets. This is the guy that gets the targets. And if Kenny Pickett is just a little bit better, like this guy was wide receiver. He's been in targets the last three years. He's been wide receiver six, wide receiver two, and wide receiver six. And the last time Big Ben played, he was the wide receiver eight in PPR. He goes off the board at wide receiver 31. I'm going to have this guy in virtually every league. Uh, so here is the next group where we start splitting guys up. And this is where I see fantasy gamers shoot themselves in the foot every year where they they load up on one type of guy and not the other type of guy, and it smokes them. I've seen guys just go completely high risk, and they only draft rookies and injured guys and suspended guys, and then they have no one to actually start. And then I've seen guys go out, and they just take guys that are too boring. Their entire team is Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Boyd and Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro and Juju Smith-Schuster, and then they just have a million of the same guy, and they're giving themselves an ice cream headache every week, and they have no upside, and it's just a bullet train to third place. So what I did here with this group is I split it up. And the way you, the way you kind of look at it here is if you have three wide receiver league and you get three guys from the top group, you might want to just go for all upside plays. Just give yourself the most upside with the, uh, with the safe guy. What I like to do is if I'm in a three wide receiver league with one flex spot, I like to go out and get as many of the top guys as I can. And then I'll have at least one bench player from the left where I can say, okay, or at least you know, put one of these guys in my wide receiver. If I can get two guys from the top and then one guy from the left, like a Christian Kirk or a Godwin or an Evans to be my wide receiver three, 
then I'll just get one more guy from the left to have on my bench and say, hey, worst case scenario, I have this player. Worst case scenario, Juju Smith-Schuster goes in my lineup and he's my wide receiver four and I'm safe. And then I use the rest of my bench spots on only upside. So the guys on the left there, you know, there's not a lot of guys that I necessarily hate, except for like Rondell Moore and Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro and Tyler Boyd, these like pure slot guys that don't really have much upside. The rest of them, like Christian Kirk, Godwin, love them. I'll grab at least one or two of those guys. If I can have two elite guys and then two guys from the left in a league with three wide receivers and a flex, I love it. And then I'm just loading up on guys from the right. And I don't care. Like Michael Thomas, I have in a ton of leagues, one of my favorite players to draft. Zay Flowers, super exciting with the new format, new offensive coordinator. Uh, You know, Romeo Dubs playing in two wide receiver sets opposite of uh, Christian Watson. Jonathan Mingo, again, we don't know how things are going to shake out there, so why not go for it? Alec Pierce is playing in two wide receiver sets. Rashi Rice is a rookie playing with the best quarterback in the league, and on and on. Nico Collins, John Mechie, one of those guys got to do something, I feel. And then Michael Wilson is one that I've moved way up my board, uh, and it's because he has – Michael Wilson, the rookie, has 30 pounds. If you look at the other wide receivers on the team, he has 30 pounds and four inches on pretty much all of Marquise Brown and Greg Dorch and Rondell Moore. He's the only guy that can play split end, and so far in the offseason, he's basically been playing split end for that team. So that's how I go about my business there. I'm not really taking uh, – Van Jefferson from the left – is one of the last few guys that I'm taking from that group. I don't really ever take any of the other guys after him there, but that's just how I rank them because you got to rank everybody. Uh, After that, same thing we did with running back upside stashes. Uh, Terry McLaurin might land himself on this list. I don't mind taking Jameson Williams because people just forget about him. And I'm trying to win a championship. I want the best players and the best upside down the stretch. I just wish that I could put him in an IR spot. That's what sucks is that when you're suspended, no IR spot. Because, I mean, he's got a hamstring. I wish they, you know, categorize him as injured first and I could get him in there. Uh, Jerry Judy can't touch him right now. Personally, I know some people are willing to hamstring injury right now. No way. Traylon Burks, maybe with the knee and the timeline. Uh, those you can come back in full JSN with broken arm. I already didn't really like him much because I was, I like Lockett and I like uh, DK Metcalf. So hard for me to draft JSN uh, rest of the wide receivers. This one might be a little tough to see. It's kind of thin there, but Rashid Sheed, Sky Moore, Josh Downs, Marvin Mims. Sure. Like him. But like if I'm picking from the rest of the junk, those are the guys I like. Very late, Allen Robinson. Hey, why not? Uh, again, rest of these guys are. Th- there's a reason the category just called the rest. You know, you t- you with that group, you have to pick the guys that you like and and stick with them. I got my guys, but if you like Cedric Tillman or Donovan Peoples Jones, go for it. Right? Why not? Uh, so that is the wide receiver position. Let's finish it up with my favorite position, and I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing at tight end. So here is the top group there. You've got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. If you can get him at ADP, you take him. It's simple as that. Uh, Darren Waller is the one guy that I'm reaching above ADP, uh, even though he's starting to move up a bit. Everyone's catching on to what we've been doing. We were taking him wide receiver six, wide receiver seven for a long time. Awesome. Darren Waller. I think he's he could lead his team in targets. He could lead his team in red zone targets. I don't, I, I trust Dayball. I think Daniel Jones is okay. Uh, the over the one thing that scares me is the over under for touchdown passes for him is set at like 17. And obviously he hasn't had more than 15 in the last three years. So that does worry me a little bit, but if the touchdowns are going somewhere, they're going to Darren Waller or Saquon Barkley. So I'm cool with taking those players. Hawkinson is another one where it's like the bet is simple. If you like Jordan Addison, then don't draft TJ Hawkinson. And if you don't think Jordan Addison or KJ Osborne are that big of a threat, then draft TJ Hawkinson. It's 
it doesn't have to be hard with a guy like that. Kyle Pitts, again, we're betting that Desmond Ritter can be good. Tough bet. But still, all the underlying stats are there. Kyle Pitts will, at some point, have amazing seasons and do amazing things in this league. He's only 22 years old, but might not be right away. Dallas Goddard and George Kittle, I wrote full articles on why I'm fading those two at ADP. Uh, type in Andrew Cooper fades 2023, and you'll see why those guys, um, they're, just, they're not top two targets on the team when everyone's healthy. Kittle was fourth, honestly. And, you know, I'm not an injury prognosticator myself. I don't try and say which healthy guys will get hurt, but George Kittle has been hurt four years in a row, and, he, and he's banged up right now. He's got like an, he's dealing with like an adductor, you know? So, like, I just, I can't do it with those guys. I'm just not doing it. Um, though, but if I take, if you do take Goddard or Kittle, then you've made your bet and you're not taking a second tight end most likely. So that that's why those guys are all in the standalone tier. Uh, the next tier is the world famous yin and yang tight end game that we play here. Idea is simple. You want to find somebody that you can start week one that won't get you a zero. And, uh, the perfect example last year, uh, was Zach Ertz. That's what we were doing. I've said it a million times. I said, Zach Ertz is a quintessential yin tight end because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six weeks. We have six weeks to start this player while we look for the next breakout tight end. And Evan Ingram was up there. Um, the reason you have to use a guy like Zach Ertz is a good, good example is Cole Komet. Last year, we liked the upside for Komet. Uh, the, you know, we liked the upside for Komet. But he started the season with back-to-back zeros. He finished tight end eight, limped to tight end eight, but back-to-back zeros killed you. So that's why these high-risk guys, I love Dolan Kincaid. I, you know, if I feel crazy, I'm willing to start him as my um, as my only tight end. But just know he's a rookie tight end. It could get ugly. So the ideal pairings are grab somebody like Ingram, Fryermuth. I don't really like Muth at ADP. Again, Fade's article. But somebody like Ingram or, or Higby and start him week one and then take the highest risk, highest reward player and put them on the bench. And we'll be, I'll be giving my advice on, on rotating guys in and out all year. Like 2020 week one, we looked at the numbers and we were adding Logan Thomas. That was the guy week one. We did it. And we had to wait a little bit for him to break out, you know, for the first few six weeks or so he was tight end 26, but he finished like tight end three. The numbers were all there. So we're going to stick with this strategy. Uh, If you want to go, some people like to get crazy with us and go yang Yang gang. It is high risk. Last year I did it in a couple of leagues where I had Cole Command and Evan Ingram. And for the first four weeks, I was dying. Dude. I was literally dying. I started Cole Komet back-to-back weeks. He got zeros. And then I started Evan Ingram in week three. He caught one pass for nine yards or something like that. Like it was just an absolute nightmare. But at the end of the day, it worked out fine. So we're going to find these breakout guys for six years in a row. Guys come from the top. Uh, outside the top 17 and ADP to finish top five. So we're going to find these dudes. Uh, if you want to play the Yang Yang game with me, go over to myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit more than 35. And the guys I'm taking are are guys like, I'll take, if I'm going to take two high-risk, high-reward guys, it's usually guys like Dalton Kincaid, who, you know, when you look at Cole Beasley playing out of the slot at 31, 32, 33 years old, only playing 65% of the snaps, he had 100 targets three years in a row. So I'll go with that and I'll do a little move. We, we've been calling the Dalton double double dip where you take Dalton Kincaid and Dalton Schultz. That's a good combo. Uh, Dalton Kincaid and David Njoku. These guys are going outside the top. If you look at it, they're going all pretty much outside the top 12 tight ends. The Kincaid goes like 11, 12, and then Schultz is like 12. 
you know, guys like Sam Laporta, I have no problem going with those guys. So um, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, and again, we're running out of time here. I do like taking for upside plays. It's Kincaid, Njoku, Chig, Laporta, and then late, I do like taking Hayden Hurst and Luke Musgrave. Who knows who's going to lead those team in those teams in targets? We think it's Christian Watson, but Luke Musgrave could be in the mix with Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. Hayden Hurst. I mean, we, we talked about how none of those players are on the team. Hayden Hurst could be the guy. You know, he could lead that team. He's got a young, short QB. Maybe he just likes dumping it down. Uh, this group of the rest guys, not really super duper interested in many of them. If Mike Isaki misses time, then Hunter Henry get them in there, but the rest of them are going to be pretty touchdown dependent. Cool. T- whoever is the starting tight end for Washington. I'm interested. If it's Logan Thomas with Eric, the enemy calling the plays I'm in, if it's Cole Turner, I'm in that's, that's how we're treating that group. And then the very last group are the tight end handcuffs though. There's the only one of these guys I would put right directly into a lineup. If the starter got hurt is Isaiah likely he was awesome last year when Mark Andrews was hurt. So uh, I put him right into lineups. 100%. He was getting eight targets a game in those couple games. And uh, was playing 80% of his snaps from wide receiver spot. Isaiah Likely, I think he's a good player. I can't wait for him to get away from that group, go on to another team. Thanks for joining us. That's it for me. Get the Fantasy Alarm cheat sheet, get the Fantasy Alarm draft guide, and hang out on this channel while Britt Flynn gives you the news, gives you the notes, talks about everything going on currently. But that's how I'm drafting in my leagues, the full breakdown. There it is. And that those cheat sheets, they're going to be available in the draft guide and I'm going to update them regularly. So let's win some leagues, guys. Thanks for joining me.